John 15 today, and the, the, the seventh I am, the, the Lord Jesus says in that book. I'm going to read it to you, first of all, from the scripture. John 15. Jesus said, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. And then my version, the New King James uses the old word abide, which means live and remain. Okay? Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, stays, remains in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he's cast out as a branch and is withered, and they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they're burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask whatever you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, I have also loved you. Abide, remain in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I've kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I've spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be made full. Now this seventh I am statement of the Lord Jesus is a bit different from the others, in that having made the statement, he then applies that statement with some very practical teaching, and we're going to look at that mostly next week. He tells us he's the true vine, that his father is a vine dresser, and that we are branches in him. And then he speaks about what we need to do as those branches. That's for next week. This week, the first part, identity. Who is Jesus? What is the father doing? What are we? Okay? So, who is Jesus? Jesus is the true vine. Now, the imagery of Israel the people of God, being a vineyard or vine or an olive tree or a fig tree, runs right back through Scripture. Throughout the Old Testament, the Lord repeatedly speaks to Israel or Judah later on when Israel had gone into captivity and disappeared, using these word pictures of a vineyard and a vine and an olive tree and a fig tree and rebukes them for being unfruitful or producing bad fruit. He planted them, he tended them, yet they were not fruitful. They dishonored their master, they rebelled against and rejected him. Now, when John the Baptist came as the messenger of Messiah, as he was baptizing at Jordan, the Jerusalem religious authorities, the scribes and the Pharisees and Sadducees, rather, came to hear and observe him. Let me read it to you, Matthew 3, verse 7. When he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to his baptism, that's not to be baptized, just to observe, right? He said to them, brood of vipers, that's a good greeting, isn't it? Who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Therefore, bear fruits worthy of repentance. And do not think to say to yourselves, we've got Abraham as our father. For I say to you that God is able to raise up children to Abraham from these stones. And even now the axe is laid to the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree which does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. I indeed baptize you with water to repentance. But he who's coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fan is in his hand and he will thoroughly clean out his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. John warns these religious leaders with two word pictures. 
First, of a fruitless tree being cut down and burned. And then grain being separated from chaff by threshing, which is throwing it up into the air so the wind blows through it. And the grain lands because it's heavy and the chaff is thrown further away. The grain is gathered in and taken home to the barn, but the chaff is burned. John is also saying that the one who comes with the fire to burn is the one who's greater than he, the Messiah. And as for claiming the privilege of where the children of Abraham, he says God can make children of Abraham from these stones. Those statements of John start a thread which you can follow through the Gospels and through the teaching of the Lord Jesus himself who warns the same people, the same authorities repeatedly that the kingdom of God will be taken from them and given to a nation that will be fruitful. But they themselves will be judged, cast out, cut off. And Jesus repeatedly uses the vine, the vineyard, the olive and fig tree images of the Old Testament to restate these things. And even in the days before he went to the cross, he literally cursed an unfruitful fig tree which withered and died. So here in John 15, during the upper room discourse, going to, before going out that same night to Gethsemane, next day to Golgotha, Jesus claims to be the true vine, which means the true Israel. Jesus is not just a vine, not just the vine, but the true vine. Jesus is not saying, I'm a bit like Israel. He's saying, I am the true Israel of God. The New Testament epistles teach us that a true Jew and an heir of Abraham is not someone naturally descended from Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and one of Jacob's sons, but the one who lives by faith in Jesus Messiah. Jesus is the true vine. You appreciate for the sake of time, I haven't given you lots of other scriptures here today, but I could. Who and what is the father? The father here is the vine dresser. The Greek word is is Georgos. Sound like anything you know? Name? George. Georgos is a farmer, one who tills the earth and tends the crops. It's a common Greek name today from which we get George. Now, Queen Victoria's grandfather, King George III, was nicknamed George the Farmer because he loved agriculture, he loved the land and livestock. So when they called him George the Farmer, that was Farmer the Farmer. The father is both the owner and farmer who tends this vine. He's not put it to other people to do. He is tending this vine. He decides who is in the vine and who is not. And the vine is Jesus. Let me just say that very plainly. It's not church. It's not Christianity or Christendom. It's Jesus Christ himself. He is the vine. And Jesus, again, let me tell you what the Father does here. Jesus tells us, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Jesus' words about the Father cutting off what is unfruitful and cutting back what is fruitful so it may be more fruitful is not a new idea. Remember, in past history, God had cut off completely the northern kingdom of Israel and cut back the southern kingdom of Judah to a small remnant. He is the vine dresser. He's done it in the past. He was going to do it again. And he still does it today in his people. John the Baptist said of Jesus, his winnowing fork is in his hand. Jesus here is saying of the Father, his pruning knife is in his hand. The Lord cuts some branches off which are unfruitful and cuts some back. His goal is fruitfulness. What is fruitful, unfruitful, 
is cut away. What is fruitful is trimmed, cut back, and tended to become more fruitful. And then the third issue of identity is this. Oh, it's gone off the edge. You are the branches, Jesus said. Every believer is a branch attached to Jesus the vine. And therefore, as the New Testament plainly teaches, you are a member of the Israel of God. These words of Jesus are picked up by the apostolic writers. And Paul in Romans, using the alternative picture of the olive tree, which is parallel, rather than a vine, he argues that the natural branches of the tree, of the vine, of the, of the, of the olive tree, were cut off because of unbelief. And wild, unnatural branches from other trees have been grafted in. And then he explains it. Unbelieving, natural Israel have been cut off from the tree. But believing Gentiles from all of their wild, uproarious backgrounds have been grafted into the tree through faith in Jesus. But it's the same tree. There's only one olive tree, one vine. Believing Gentiles are joined to Jesus Messiah, the true vine of the olive tree, the true Israel. Yet in God's purpose, Paul says there, there will come a time when natural Israel's unbelief will be broken and many will turn to Jesus Messiah and be grafted back in. Paul, writing to the Galatians, says, You are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. As many of as you who are baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Remember, Christ is the same as Messiah. For there is neither Jew nor Greek, there's neither slave nor free, there's neither male nor female. You are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are his, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. And he concludes that letter by saying, for in Messiah Jesus, neither circumcision or uncircumcision, which of course was the mark of being a child of Abraham, the son of Abraham, avails anything but a new creation. And as many as walk according to this rule, in other words, being new creations in Christ Jesus, peace and mercy be upon them and upon the Israel of God. Paul hasn't started talking about some other group of people there. He's talking about those who are in Christ Jesus are the Israel of God. In Ephesians 2 and 3, Paul argues that in Messiah Jesus, Jews and Gentiles are made from two very different groups into one body. They're made fellow heirs of the grace of God, fellow partakers of the covenants and promises of God. The covenants and promises that God made to Noah and, uh, and, and Abraham and Jacob and, and, and so are ours because we are in the one who is the heir. Jesus is the seed, the heir, the inheritor. And we are co-inheritors if we are in Messiah Jesus. There's only one Jesus Messiah, only one body of believers, that's his church. And believing Jews and Gentiles become one new man, one new humanity in Jesus Messiah. So the Israel of God are those who are in Christ Jesus. He's the true vine. And they are freed from the law of Moses. They're living by faith, living by the Spirit. Let me just punch this down a bit. Only those in Messiah are part of God's people. Genealogy and nationality and cultural background, whatever, are of no account in this regard. We can celebrate our diversity, but we are one in Christ Jesus. So Jesus says that fruitful branches as well as unfruitful vines being cut off, and they were, uh, the whole national identity of of Judea at that time was shut down in the 1860s. 
Jerusalem and the temple were destroyed in AD 70 and the people were scattered. They were cut off at that time. But Jesus also says fruitful branches will be trimmed back. You see, if you're serious about growing good grapes, you don't let all the branches stay there and you don't let all the, all the grapes stay there either. If you've got a branch and you've got a nice bunch of grapes and a few small ones, you take away the small ones because you want that branch to grow to its best. There's trimming, there's pruning in growing fruit. Similarly, grapes grow on new growth. And we have that with fruit trees at home as well. You can't expect them, you can't trim all the, all, all the growth off and expect them to grow on, on last year's growth. No, it has to have new growth. That is the context of these words of Jesus and the background to them. Now, let's consider how does that continue to apply to us, but though we're going to do most of this next week. I am the vine, you are the branches. Now, let me remind you, first of all, that every time you hear the word you, and it's not there, I'm sorry, he's addressing us together. In the good old King James Version, I don't use it, I just think it was, in its, in its time, for many centuries, a pretty good version to be using, but we, we now need better English than that, more, more, more modern English. But The difference there is when it's speaking to an individual, it's the and thou, and when you're speaking to a group of people, it's you. And he, this is a you scripture to all of us together. Jesus is addressing us all as his disciples at church, as one group, one body. We are branches in him. We live by faith in Jesus. We have no life in ourselves. He says we, without him we can't do anything. It all flows from him, but more on that next time. If we're in Jesus, we're heirs of God, fellow heirs with Jesus, and stand in the line of godly believing people from all ages, from before Abraham, people like Seth and Enoch and Noah. Jesus is the true vine, the Israel of God that flows from the very beginning of time. And everyone who will ever be saved in all history is saved in him, by him, and through him. There's no other way, no other saviour, no other identity worth anything. I'm not asking you today, wherever you are, whether you believe Jesus is the true vine, whether you think it's true or not, doesn't matter. It's true. He claims it for himself. I want to ask you today whether you're joined to him through faith. What is your identity? What do you call yourself? How do you describe yourself? You know, when you, in business world, I used to be in that world, when you go to a conference or a meeting, or nowadays it's with church things, healing things, they put a label on you or a badge on your chest, a, a lanyard around your neck. You can pick up any number of labels through your life. If you stick them in a drawer when you go home, you'll be full of them in a few years' time. But here's a description of ourselves that you may not even have considered. I am a branch joined into Jesus the vine. If I ask you the question, are you a Christian? I'm not asking, do you go to church or even do you believe this truth? I'm saying, do you belong to Jesus? Are you joined to him through faith, receiving life from him, living for him and with him. I am the vine, says Jesus. You are the branches. And the word translated as branches isn't a big, thick trunk of a thing. It's a small twig, a tendril. It's just the beginning of something. We have no life or strength in ourselves. The vine is our total supply. So what do we say in reply? Well, it'd be wise to say, yes, Lord, you're the true vine. Our identity in life, our best label, or one of them, is this, that we are branches joined to you. 
and we receive everything that we need from you. To confess that with faith humbles us, yet also liberates and strengthens us. Being joined to Jesus is not just a proposition, it's a life-giving connection. We live by faith in the Son of God who loved us and gave himself for us and continues to supply life to us. This is not an exhaustive list, it's just what came to me. Jesus is our center, our source, our supply, our strength, and our safety. He's the vine, and we are branches. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we acknowledge again today that it really doesn't matter how strong or weak we think ourselves to be, for you are our strength. You are our support. You are our supply. We want to come to the realization that Paul did when he complained that he was weak, and you said to him, my strength is made perfect in weakness. So he turned around and began to rejoice that he was weak because then Jesus was glorified by being strong for him, with him. Everything we need that really matters comes from you, Lord Jesus. You're the vine. All the strength, all the supply, all the health, all the life comes from you. And all we have to do is to remain in faith, joined to you, depending upon you, asking of you, receiving from you. Help us as we come back again to this next week to learn some more about how we respond to this truth that you are the vine and we are the branches. Amen.